The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Opening day part two, my Colorado Rockies get going, Arms Fun Differential Seattle Mariners get going, Peters New York Yankees get going. This is an afternoon edition of the Just Baseball Show. Uh, it was kind of a crazy opening Thursday, so we decided to, you know, give you this quick primer for Friday, but really lead you into the weekend and recap the first couple of games of Major League Baseball. It was a loaded slate. We saw Shohei Otani pitch a scoreless first inning and then lead off the bottom of the first inning. It was really nice to have baseball back. Peter, I'll start with you because I know you were just kind of degenerate sitting on the couch, taking it all in until like 1.30 in the morning. It was the best. And But my one problem with baseball and the fact that we couldn't record an episode yesterday and while we're recording today, like the West Coast game starting at 9.45 p.m. Eastern going to 1 in the morning I wish all baseball games would start around 5, 6 p.m. Eastern so we get them all in instead of all this. But overall, the day was great because we got to watch baseball, but a one and two day for me is not ideal. Aram, how was your baseball day? So it's funny because if 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 current Peter said that to Peter who lived on the West Coast and said, oh, Friday games are at 2 p.m., you'd be like, fuck that guy. Yep. It's true, but no, I'm with you. Like it does stink that we have to stay up so late, but understandably, you know, that's how they pack in the seats uh, and, and get people into the stadium when the workday is over. But it sucks because I was really excited for those evening games. I think the pod, the Angels game was delayed, and that killed me even more so because I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I want to see Otani hit. And look, Otani was awesome on the mound. Framber was awesome on the mound. That probably stood out the most to me, but it kind of made the game a little bit slow and boring. I love pitchers duels, but I'll be honest, I'm not tuning into an Angels Astros game for a pitchers duel. I'm tuning yeah. in to see bombs and I didn't get them, uh, but it was still really fun to see Framber and his curveball. Holy crap, did he look good? Otani was phenomenal as well. Uh it was fun. I just whiffed on every bet. So, uh 0 for 4 start if I was betting, but good thing was is it was just imaginary bets and uh Venmo is imaginary money and all all bank account money is imaginary money. So it doesn't really count. Hey, you yeah. know what? You can't lose bets if you don't place them. So I am up ahead of both of you guys right now. Um, I will poke a hole in the idea that all games should start five or 6 p.m. East Coast time. 
the fix oh, to oh, that you're gonna, is you're gonna poke a hole in my just saying all games should start at 5 6 p.m of course that's what i want i know it's not actually pretty selfish game. um what yeah, i will is say is you can absolutely move to another part of the country you can move to central time the mount the like mountain time you can move to west coast time if you want um, games are too early. I think instead of baseball adjusting, you should adjust to baseball. Fair? No, I think baseball should adjust to me. I feel like I've earned it at this point. Yeah. Okay. What have you done to earn it? Enough. Plenty. Plenty? He was Plenty. up 14.67 units. 15. 15.67 <laughs> That's plenty. And I okay. love the game a lot. More than a lot of people. That okay. should count. So you have Passion. seven you have seven overreactions from the seven games that we saw yesterday. I do, because that's the fun part about opening day. The worst is in the NFL because a wide receiver can have four good games and he's instantly a top 10 wide receiver at the position. But in baseball, it's a full season. So sometimes it's fun to overreact to some opening day things and see if they'll play out for the rest of the season. Because I don't think these are crazy, but they're definitely something that might, you know, well, tip the scales. And what they are, too, is their conversation starters, right? Like, we start with the overreaction, but it's like, okay, can he actually head in this direction? Or yes. will he actually head in this direction? And so uh, that that's the fun part about it. Um, and there's a few that I probably have stowed away. I don't know what you have ready for us, Peter, but I have a couple in the back of my mind if we want to keep going. Uh, so I'm excited to, to get into it. Absolutely. So I will start with the first game, Cubs-Brewers, and I'll work – around the clock we were talking about all these early games we'll start with the early games and end with the late game with the Padres and the Diamondbacks so the first game Cubs versus Brewers Cubs ended up winning five to four but my big overreaction is Kyle Hendricks back he produced 17 swings and misses through five innings one run with seven strikeouts three walks the command wasn't as good but he was getting a lot of swing and misses. He looked great. He looked a lot like the old Kyle Hendricks. I know we've seen some bad Kyle Hendricks lately, but is, was this a good start and that will lead to more good starts? Or is this the best start of his 2022? Jack, you go first. Cause I know he's more passionate about his Chicago guys. Well, it's one of the better starts of 2022 for Kyle Hendricks. I will say that because it was cold and gross in Chicago yesterday. Uh, when the wind starts blowing out and you've got 70 plus degree temps at Wrigley field, the ball's going to start flying out of the ballpark. I promise. So Kyle Hendricks, like I love Kyle Hendricks. I would love if he had a resurgent year. I don't think he's going to have a resurgent year. He's sitting like 87 with his sinker yeah. right now. And I, I mean, that's kind of what he's topping out at. And I understand that he's got pinpoint accuracy and all that, but 87 is 87. Arm, you yeah. think that's an overreaction or Kyle Hendricks is here to stay? <laughs> um, I mean, look, first and foremost, he was he was nasty. He was nasty. He's a guy that I think is going to, like Jack alluded to, really benefit from that environment uh, when, when it's favorable for weak contact. Have a day, Kyle Hendricks. Uh, but he has to be so perfect to be good. And he's and not, not going to be perfect every single start. I do think, though, we will see at least a handful of these kind of Kyle Hendricks starts, whether it's weather dependent, whether he's just locked in and he's hitting every single spot. Like Kyle Hendricks will still have his days where he does five innings, one run, seven Ks, like where he's just locked in. The problem with Hendricks is if he is not 100% on, he's getting tattooed. And that's what's going to be most of the time. So I will say he's back in a way where we will still see these outings but they won't be frequent enough for him to be a legitimate force. 
Okay, so uh, I'm going to call agree. something. In the first couple of months, I think Kyle Hendricks is going to have a start where he goes six innings and has zero strikeouts. I, I have a hot take. I think Kyle Hendricks could weirdly like make an all-star team. And in the sense that he'll have a really good first half. I don't think it's out of the question mark. He looked really good I yesterday. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But I wouldn't be shocked either. And I'm just throwing it out there. Guardians. Royals. What? What are you grimacing at? It could happen. Three to one Kansas City Royals. It could. You have no idea. Three to one Kansas City beat down on the Guardians. Three to one. And my second overreaction to that game, will Bobby Witt Jr. win Rookie of the Year? He had a walk-off hit. He had a 110.4 mile an hour ground out. Is Bobby Witt Jr. currently the leader in the American League for Rookie of the Year? Jack. So it uh, wasn't a walk-off hit. It was a go-ahead double. In go-ahead hit, yeah. I yeah. want to say. Um, yeah, I think he is the runaway rookie of the year in the American League. I said that on our, our preview like that. The odds aren't good, but, I mean, I, I think you have to acknowledge the fact that Bobby Witt Jr. is the number one prospect in baseball by us, by a lot of other outlets, and he is incredibly skilled. Julio Rodriguez is incredibly skilled. Adley Rutschman, incredibly skilled. Spencer Torkelson has the best rookie bat we've seen maybe in a decade, but Bobby Witt is just the best rookie of the bunch. And he showed it yesterday. I mean, he had that clean transfer and an 86-mile-an-hour BB across the infield. This guy is really good defensively. He's obviously really good with the bat. Um, I actually thought you were going to go a different way. The answer to your question is yes, I do think he's the AL Rookie of the Year. The overreaction I had from this game, Shane Beaver was 90 to 91 with his fastball. Is he back? And I'd say, I don't know, I got to see him throw when it's like 60 degrees. I did think his command was pretty on point, though, and the curveball did look good. The slider looked good. That was the only reason, and I, I more attributed to that to just beginning to start the season. But yet again, a lot of guys were – like a guy like Tyler McGill, who we're probably going to talk about later, 97 to 99. Like a lot of guys were high in velo. Shane Bieber wasn't. The, so that is something to monitor. I guess I just wanted to touch on Bobby Witt because I still do believe that Shane Bieber will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy to see him really. He averaged 90.6 miles per hour on the fastball. And for reference, I mean, even going back to last year, which he was hurt for, for most of the year and then missed, missed most of the time too. He was sitting 92.8. So it, it is interesting to kind of see where he's at velo wise. That's something to follow. But as Peter said, he still was, was on like his pitches still worked. He's still located, but I think it shifts the ceiling a little bit when it's 90 to 92, instead of 92 to 94 touching five or six. So really interesting to follow that on, on the Bobby Witt point. I, I mean, he kind of showed that he doesn't need to light up the box score. I know he had the big double, uh, as we mentioned, the go ahead double, but he doesn't need to light up the box score and hit two home runs to, to impact the game. He can walk, steal a bag. He can make big plays defensively. I mean, that play he made it short that Jack mentioned. 86.6 was, was the, the, the speed yeah. on the throw, right? Yeah, and the that was flat-footed. Was so that was flat-footed. That was off his back foot. If he got a shuffle and threw it, that's 93. Like, he's got a plus arm at shortstop. He's playing third there on that shift he was playing short. And that's what – I loved that play so much because he should be at short yep. and because of the, the shift and what however they oriented their infield bobby Wood's standing on the left side of the infield by himself and makes the nastiest shortstop play you're gonna see and it was just kind of like a hey 
shaking, like, wake up. You have a shortstop right there that can play phenomenal defense. And uh, I was glad he was able to show it. Also, doesn't he just look like a ball player? Oh, I looked at the first time he got up close. I'm like, that's an all-star already. He yep. looks like an all-star. He looks like he's ready to win an MVP. Facial hair during spring training, though, was pretty gross. It didn't look good. <laughs> he makes everything look good, though. He's a good-looking dude. He didn't make that look good. I don't think well, anybody better now, at least. Facial hair looks good. And that's the only thing, that's the only hole you can poke in his game, that is spring training beard wasn't excellent it wasn't it wasn't right yeah i wouldn't even get near excellent i'd I'd say it wasn't even good it was a bad goatee that he had going on he's a pretty good player next overreaction so the cardinals beat the pirates nine to zero absolutely boat race jt brubaker uh which (laughs) makes a lot of sense when you consider how good the cardinals have been against brubaker and but adam wainwright looked phenomenal six (laughs) innings five hits at 40 years old the man continues to mow down opposing hitters at the ripe old age of 40 years old my overreaction is tyler o'neill a legit mvp candidate last year last year last game he went two for three with a home run five rbis and i even called a three-run bomb into big mac land on the opening day podcast jack you've been high on tyler o'neill MVP candidate? Yeah, I said he was an MVP candidate last December. I'm going to stand by that. He had a great opening day. I think Tyler O'Neill is one of the fastest guys in baseball. I think he's one of the strongest guys in baseball. Saw Twitter blowing up, just tweeting out images of Popeye after he hit his home run. Like, that's what Tyler O'Neill is. His dad was former, like, Canada's strongest man. He's a bodybuilder that plays baseball, and he's a freak athlete. And a lot of the attention and notoriety in the early goings of the season, especially yesterday was on Wainwright, Molina and Pujols, right? Because you've got those older guys, one last dance. You know what? They're not the stars of the show. The stars of the show are the young, exciting guys. You've got Nolan Arenado still in his prime. Paul Goldschmidt's on the back of his prime, but I'm talking about Tyler O'Neill. I'm talking about Harrison Bader sliding and making a great grab. I'm talking about Dylan Carlson. I'm talking about gold Glover, Tommy Edmond. This team is super exciting and super young with the exception of those three guys. And Tyler O'Neill is the best of the bunch. So I I have something that kind of stood out to me with O'Neill that I'm really excited about is he has the perfect lineup around him. And I think the three hole is a beautiful spot for him. He, He moved all over the lineup last year because we were still kind of finding out who Tyler O'Neill is right. Like, is he the speedy guy at the front of your order, even though he doesn't get on base as much as you'd like, do you put him in the cleanup hole? Do you put him in the five or six hole because he strikes out too much? Like, what do you do with him? The three hole is beautiful. Paul Goldschmidt walked four times yesterday (laughs) and Nolan Arenado is behind O'Neill. And again, like, even though Albert Pujols isn't what he once was, you're not putting guys on base for Pujols because he doesn't strike out still. He's a guy that's going to put it in play and do the right thing. So he, that's why he still drives and runs, but mostly focusing on Carlson, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado. I think there's a big reason why we're going to see O'Neill put up big numbers, and it's not to take anything away from him, but Paul Goldschmidt in front of him, I love it. I think Goldschmidt's going to walk a ton. He's going to protect O'Neill on the front side. Arenado protects him on the back end. He's got his like bouncers around him, and O'Neill's seeing a lot more to hit. I don't think it's a coincidence that O'Neill had his career high for RBIs. And I think he's got the perfect lineup spot at number three. I hope they keep him there. Something that uh, kind of bounced out to me a little bit 
you talk about all the hitters and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, Tyler Neal, Dylan Carlson, the hardest hit ball of the day, Tommy Edmond and 113 mile an hour home run. If those exit velocities carry over, like that was the missing piece for Tommy Edmond was the fact that he's not the greatest hitter, phenomenal defender. No, no worries there, but it's the bat that I think people were a little bit worried about. And the bat looks really good, at least to start opening day. Whoa. 113. Yeah. I didn't know he had that in the tank. Me if neither. Tommy Edmond has one. Thir- so, so for perspective here, like I, I don't think Tommy Edmond's ever going to hit a ton of home runs. But if we're looking at prospects with Tommy Edmonds profile, I would never find one of those guys that even touches 113 once oh, God, in a whole season. God, so, no. so that kind of shows you that I don't think he's going to do it very often. But the fact that his body is capable of per- turning around, redirecting a baseball physically 113 miles an hour, like there's a little bit more in there. I don't think that's an overreaction at all. And then I think that this Cardinals game gives us a ton to run with. You alluded to it earlier, Peter. How about Adam Wainwright? I mean, Pitching Ninja had a beautiful video of uh, like a front hip sinker to a lefty that just dipped right back into the strike zone. I thought I, my my one of mine that I had ready to go was, is Adam Wainwright going to repeat last year as an overreaction or is he going to exceed last year? Dude, if he looks like that, I, I think this guy is mastered pitching. Like yeah, really, yeah. If, if he had this mastery when he was throwing 92 to 95, he probably would have won consecutive Cy Youngs and, and, and maybe been a Hall of Famer. Like this guy has mastered pitching as his stuff has kind of faded a little bit and now is just an incredible, incredible pitcher uh, with not great, like not incredible stuff. I mean, it still plays, but he's just an incredible pitcher. Okay, so we don't often promote other podcasts, but I'm going to promote another podcast right now because I've been on a big old man in the three kick. That's JJ Reddick's podcast. Mm -hmm. And JJ Reddick just had Kevin Durant on earlier this week. That's why I said this, by the way. Okay, Kevin Durant. JJ Reddick asked Kevin Durant, have you mastered basketball? And KD said, because he's probably the closest player to mastering basketball there is. And he said, hmm. No, I've mastered who I want to be. And he said the same thing about Devin Booker. He has mastered who he wants to be on the basketball court. Adam Wainwright has mastered exactly what Adam Wainwright wants to be on the mound. He has mastered himself, which is really cool. It's a beautiful way to put it. He did give up a couple of hard hit balls. He pitched great. But again, it was against the Pirates. I love to see him pitch against a better offense. Absolutely. But but in a nut, and that is a fair point. That's a very fair point. Uh, but in a nutshell, just looking at what he was doing, it was like this is exactly what we saw at the end of last year. He's always going to give up some hard hit balls, but he walks when he walks nobody and punches out six. You're, you're getting through it with some good outings. I also Ryan Helsley threw 102, I think, yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, just a little sidebar there. <laughs> One quick thing before we move on to the next game: Key Brian Hayes exited with a wrist issue. Um, this was after he agreed to his extension. It was pending a physical. So we oh. shall see what happens here. No he did way. not put pen to paper on the extension before. What was it? Six years, 70 mil? Uh, eight years, 70 mil. Oh. JP Crawford just agreed to a higher average annual value than Brian Hayes. Yeah, that's how arbitration works, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let that physical stop them from getting that kind of value on Brian Hayes. I don't they're going to so. push that thing through. It could be broken all the way through. I think they'd be like, push it through. But obviously, hope Brian's gives- all right. <laughs> Doesn't this give Hayes some more time to like think and say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say yes to this. 
but it's also it shows you the fragility of the game and fragility of just like how quickly you can get hurt and and having that guaranteed money uh, peter and i were talking about it yesterday we we're like people are always like oh you could get so much more if he waits yeah you say that when you have 70 million dangled in front of you yeah I, right. at that point does it even matter like i want to show you what a room full of 70 million dollars looks like and i think you're not closing that door and saying ah well we'll, we'll see 200 in a couple of years that's a good point let's move on to the next game F- mets win five to one Juan Soto was the only person who provided any run support for those nationals that's a sentence that we're going to be saying a lot this year Juan Soto with 111 mile an hour home run hit it 428 feet. And that's about all we got on the nationals, the pitching, eh, the bullpen, eh, and the rest of the lineup. Eh, keep it Ruiz did something pretty well, hit, hit a ball 105 miles an hour. But my overreaction to this is Tyler McGill, a legit starter through five innings, three hits, six Ks, no walks was 97 to 99 miles an hour really really looked good command of the fastball was excellent the breaking ball looked good and he was dicing through this nationals lineup then again it is the nationals but 97 to 99 is real the breaking ball was real he's a big dude he's got stature on the mound i think he could be a legit starter for the mets this year they gave him the opening day nod for a reason i really liked what i saw from tyler mcgill yesterday arm what do you think Dude, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think McGill is a, a legit potential middle of rotation starter because the biggest thing that stood out to me is, again, the command, right? Like he walked right. nobody and he had this like a, a big jack word, like moxie. He was he had this just confidence, this mo- like just the way he was carrying himself on the mound. Absolutely. Uh, I saw a dude that was like, here's here's 98. Here's 99. Try and hit it. No. And that was not the Tyler McGill we saw last year. He, he competed last year and he was surprisingly decent last year, but this was a different dude. This was a guy that's been dominating on the backfields. That's been dominating in spring training and felt like, Hey, I've got a different level now. I just, I unlocked a different gear. Uh, and, and we saw it. This is huge for the Mets. He challenged Juan Soto and beat him. Yep. yep. 98 letter high. He said, come fucking get it. And Juan Soto couldn't get it. Exactly. That's Juan Soto we're talking about here. Not walking Juan Soto, not not pitching to him at all, went after him. And the home run wasn't off McGill either. McGill had a successful day against arguably the best hitter in the sport. Yeah, yeah. so I will say once the Nats get Adrianza in the everyday lineup, they might be <laughs> a little fair. bit better. But I, I do need to see Tyler McGill do this against a oh. formidable opponent. Um, but Juan Soto is a formidable opponent, and he struck out Juan Soto. So I will always come away from an outing where you strike Juan Soto out in a positive light. And real quick before Peter bounces to the next thing, when you see a tangible change too, right? Velo up, uh, breaking ball velo and command up. You're like, okay, I know it's one start, but there's there's something a little different here. Uh, and I think that's always makes it worth following up and watching. The Reds beat the Braves six to three. We saw the beginning of Spencer Strider touching 100 with every single pitch, five Ks out of six batters. We saw Matt Olson hit a 113-mile-an-hour ball. We saw Austin Riley hit a 425-foot home run. So that breaks into my overreaction. Will Austin Riley win the NL MVP? Three for four with a bomb. He, uh, of course, had a great year last year, hitting above 300 with 33 home runs and 107 driven in. 
He proved himself as a hitter and he's continuing to prove himself again. And he made a couple really nice plays in the field. This is a guy who led all of third baseman and defensive runs saved, which is kind of the best infield stat that we have for defense. Could Austin Riley win the MVP? Cause we just talked about Tyler O'Neill. Now Austin Riley, who do we think has a better chance of winning the NL MVP? O'Neill. That's it. <laughs> that like I, I could give you my reasoning right now, but I want to hear your guys' answer. Okay. My, my thing is this. O'Neal's more explosive. O'Neal's, you know, I, like has a chance to put together that shoe-in MVP season. But the floor on Riley to me is so much higher. Like It doubles O'Neal's. Yeah. But again, does floor matter? We're talking about MVP award. You're going to have to have a freakish year. So it's a really hard like, like ping-pong in your own head if you're thinking about it because – I, I think Riley checks almost every box. Now the defense is no longer a liability. He hits for average. He hits for power. He has a loaded lineup to drive in runs because as much as we like to pretend it doesn't matter, RBIs are always going to matter in an MVP voting. I, I, I would probably side with Austin Riley just after what we saw in the second half, after what we saw in the postseason. Like I think this guy could put together that insane 330, 400, five whatever slash line and you're like holy crap how can't you pick this guy's mvp but tyler o'neill also has the potential to catch lightning in a bottle and give you the most insane season we've seen in a long time so that's the that's the challenge there's really no wrong answer i would always side with the guy who i think has a higher floor and i think that's austin riley i think with with arm said with the improvements on defense because tyler o'neill is really a phenomenal defender but if austin riley can be a great defender at third base we're going to compare their hitting stats Austin Riley will probably have a better batting average. He might hit more home runs. He might drive in more runs. Tyler O'Neill will most likely have more stolen bases, but I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Riley has a better WRC plus when it's all said and done next year as well. That's why I would side with Riley, but Tyler O'Neill does have the potential to have a better year than Austin Riley could have, because I think Tyler O'Neill is a bit more talented oh. than Austin Riley is. I think he's more talented than almost anybody. Is. Yeah. You know, that's the craziest the part. Side. Yeah. Yeah, uh, two guys had the golden sombrero yesterday in this game. Aristides Aquino <laughs> and Dansby Swanson. Dansby mm. went 0 for 4 with four punch outs. I will say final thought on this game, Tyler Malley looked phenomenal. He's a real pitcher. He's a real pitcher. The thing is, let's see him pitch a great American ballpark though, because we know the splits. We That's know the fine. 5 like, ERA I, at home. I we understand. know the 2 ERA on the road. Let's see him do it at home because but, I, I agree with you, Jack. He just needs to get out of Cincinnati. He really yeah. does. He needs a chain of, change of scenery because this could be one of the best pitchers in the league. He just saw a good lineup. He punched out seven. He allowed yeah. no earned runs in five innings. Like, defending champs. Yeah. Without Acuna, but defending Without champs. Acuna. Matt Olson, though. Matt Olson is a scary hitter. He just walked twice yesterday. Went over yeah. two with two walks. Like that's the Matt Olson special. He might lead the league in walks. He'll, he'll be close. Well, Soto's going to have a hundred thousand walks. Yeah, he, he Olson might be second, especially when yeah. Acuna comes back. I can see that too, for sure. I think that's a good take, actually. Matt Olson second in walks. I'm with that. Can you bet Next, on that? No, <laughs> second. Finish second, second in walks. But you know what I did bet on? I put a unit on uh, three days ago. Giants to finish second in the NL West plus 215. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You like that? You got that. A really good odds. Plus 215. Come on. <laughs> really good odds. Good value. A unit to win 2.15 units. We'll take that. All right. Next game Astros against the Angels. 
Astros won as an underdog, beat Shohei Otani. Fernando Valdez looked excellent. Max Stassi led the exit velocity leaderboards with 107 and a half mile an hour pellet. But Jordan led in distance. Of course, Jordan Alvarez with the 422-foot home run. Shohei Otani had 14 swings and misses. And his top five pitches in velocity, 99.8, 99.7, 99.5, 99.2, and 99.2. But my big overreaction from this game is Framber Valdez a legit ace. Through six and two-thirds innings, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts. They went with Framber over Luis Garcia to start opening day. Framber, I would say, is a better pitcher than Luis Garcia. At least I would say so. He looked unreal, and it's against an offense that is loaded with right-handed bats in Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Joe Adele, to name a few. Max Stassi is another one. But he carved through them. The sinker, they were just pounding balls into the ground. The curveball was unhittable. Frember Valdez looked like an ace to me yesterday, and he outdueled Shohei Otani. Fact, or is that too much of an overreaction? I don't want to say that he's an ace. I think that he is a one. And if he's the two, like if Verlander comes back and Verlander is Verlander, um, he starts Saturday, I want to say. And we'll get into the weekend preview a little bit later on, but. I think Framber Valdez is like best two in baseball type thing. Like Urias is technically a two, but Urias is a one if you put him on really any other roster. Um, I think Framber is the best two in the game. Like this guy, I feel more comfortable running out there and saying, I need six. He's a ground ball machine, and he punched out six and six and two-thirds. He's a walking quality star, I think. Yeah, because it's just so hard to elevate that sinker. Like it's he's going to limit a lot of hard contact this year, and, and it's going to be throw throughout strikes. the season. Going to throw strikes too. Arm, what do you say? That's the big thing was was throwing strikes because it, that was what held Framber back a little bit at times last year. And then when he hit that hot streak, it was because he was throwing strikes. But when you look at it on a macro scale, he was almost walking four per nine last season. When you're walking that many guys as a sinker guy, you're going to have trouble. The command looks like he has got it more under control here. It looks like he is a much more advanced and polished pitcher. I, I'm with Jack. I don't I don't know if he quite has the swing and miss to be an ace, but he has the weak contact ability. He does have the one-plus pitch with the curveball uh, to be a legitimate, legitimate top-end number two. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of what he is and, and what he will continue to be. Uh, but I love to see the strides in command. I just don't think there's quite enough swing and miss for ace potential. I've got another overreaction for you here. Jose Altuve, 0 for 3 with a walk and three punchouts. Didn't put a ball in play. Is Jose Altuve, future Hall of Famer, officially a three true outcome player? <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> that's, my, that's what I thought when I was watching the game. I was like, Altuve's just selling out for power, isn't he? He's going to be like, he's going to try to hit 40 home runs and hit like 240. <laughs> that's, that's so funny you said that. That was my exact thoughts when I was watching that Astros Angels game last I night. mean, he stole five bags last year and uh, <laughs> he's he like walked. A- he walks more than he ever did in his career. So <laughs> Jose Altuve is the new David Ortiz, my column. Joey Gallo. <laughs> Framber Valdez did have 11 swings and misses yesterday compared to 14 for Shohei. So he was producing the swing and misses, but Arm, I agree. That, that was what we wanted to see, and we saw it last night. So I'm yeah, very absolutely. excited. Very excited for Framber Valdez. So let's move on to the last game of opening day. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Padres lost to the freaking Diamondbacks. The, the Padres were up 2-0. You Darvish threw a no-hitter through six innings. They pull him, and then the bullpen blew it. Trent Grisham led the exit velocity leaderboard with a 107.8 mile an hour bomb. And you Darvish had 10 swings and misses in route to a six inning no hitter where he had four walks, but only three strikeouts. So my overreaction to this, because there weren't a ton from this that I really could pull. I'm not going to say are the Diamondbacks for real because they're not. Seth Beer, the NL MVP. Yeah, Seth (laughs) Beer, the NL MVP. I'm not going to say Hosmer is back after he hit two balls over 100 miles an hour because one was a line out, one was a ground out. We already know Mad Bum's cooked. He walked four guys in three We know Mad Bum's cooked. We also know that I'm not going to say are the Padres a third-place team because I think we all think they're going to be a third-place team. It's not an overreaction. So my overreaction is, could you Darvish win a Cy Young this year? Because he looked phenomenal yesterday. I know it was against the Diamondbacks, but he's 95 to 96. He has seven different pitches. And the only person who can beat you Darvish is you Darvish. He's past the sticky stuff. He did look really, really good yesterday. Factor overreaction. Overreaction. He started beating himself. He walked four guys. He only punched out three in six innings. Uh, you Darvish, he's going to struggle to throw strikes, some outings, and it's going to be really brutal to watch. The thing about the Arizona Diamondbacks you don't need to nibble against the Arizona Diamondbacks. You don't yeah, need that, that to nibble scary. one bit, right? If you're walking four Arizona Diamondbacks in six innings, you've got a problem that you have to address. Yeah, I think the command's going to hold him back. But but I do think that he's going to be a solid, solid arm for them still this year. I know he's had a lot of ups and downs. I, I think Darvish will be good enough for them. And they don't need him to be a Cy Young candidate. My overreaction from that game, though, is, is Seth Beer a legitimate big league power bat? I think he is. I think he I is think too. He, I think he is too. The only reason we have not seen Seth Beer ranked higher and discussed more is we talk about positionless guys. He is worse than that. Like he is a defensive liability when he's a DH. Like right. he is that bad. He can't throw. He can't run. He can't do anything other than stand in the box and mash. But you know what? He could do just that in Arizona. You look at his minor league career, guys absolutely raked. Every single year, doesn't strike out a lot. I think Seth Beer is going to surprise a lot of people with really, really productive season. And another young guy on the Arizona Diamondbacks, shout out Paven Smith. Had a lot of really good at-bats yesterday, went one for two with a couple walks. He's, I mean, he's now their right fielder, at least he played yesterday. I know. I assume he's going to move around now that he can play some first base too. He looked good. He looked real good. And he's been, he's been a top guy for a while now. I'm a big fan of Paven Smith. I, again, you cannot sneak a high floor college bat past me. And this guy, Virginia, right? He struck out. Yes, Virginia. He was a he was a first round pick out of Virginia. Yeah. Paven Smith was just a hitter. He was a first baseman that was taken in the first round because he could just hit. So I think Paven Smith is going to be good, and the defensive versatility really helps him keep a spot. Uh, I know Peter's got to go watch Red Sox Yankees real quick. But let's run through the weekend slate right now because you got Red Sox, Yankees starting right now. You got, you know, White Sox, Tigers, all that. I do want to look at Saturday because there are a lot of intriguing pitchers on the mound on Saturday. Nine oh seven first pitch is Justin Verlander and Noah Syndergaard. I mm. think that is a fascinating, fascinating pitching match. I'm going to watch the shit out of that game. Yeah, that dude. Awesome. I mean, <laughs> what are you curious to see in that one? 
I'm curious to see what Verlander's I'm curious to see what Velo looks like from the both of them. I was going to say Verlander Velo, but I need to see Syndergaard Velo. We saw 94 to 96 from Syndergaard in spring training. Can he keep that up? I want to see how Verlander's arm looks after Tommy John surgery. You know, should we project an ace moving forward or is this a guy who they're going to limit to 140 innings and mostly not spot start him because that's the wrong way to put it, but just we're not going to get 180 to 200 innings of what we'd expect from Verlander. So I'm very curious to look at the velocities from those two. Aram, today and tomorrow, Miami is in San Francisco. You've got Sandy and Logan Webb today, and then you've got Pablo Lopez and Carlos Rodon tomorrow. Mm. Those are very interesting. Tomorrow, put the house on the Giants, um, uh, you know, but responsibly. Um, mm. the, <laughs> what, what I do, what I am really excited about is today's pitching matchup as we're recording this, you know, to, to get Sandy versus Logan Webb, two of the best, I think, sinker ball, but also strikeout guys you're going to find. Like, I, I, I'm really excited about that. Um Marlins are going to have a tough matchup with those Giants, but I, I think it's a it's a cool start out on the West Coast. McCovey Cove, like I just love seeing that uh, early in the season, seeing a few balls fly out there. Presumably, it'll be it'll be Giants home runs flying out there. Maybe Jazz Chisholm did promise a ball in McCovey Cove, so watch him sell out for that now the whole weekend. And and yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Brutal. Like that's what if Brutal. Jazz Chisholm is selling out for McCovey Cove bombs and goes one for eleven with his McCovey Cove bomb and then post it. <laughs> and then post it on social media with him doing the freaking Euro step after they get swept. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> you know mind. that's what's going to happen. Too. I know. That's why That's why I hate it. That's why I hate it. Um, but no, I, I'm really excited uh, about the slate this weekend. And uh, man, we got some fun games going into next week too. Yankees, Blue Jays is a series. I've already like, I rarely circle series this early in the season on my calendar. But I've got Yankees Blue Jays circled, man. I'm pretty amped for that series. Yeah. I have a series. I have a series circled. The Rockies are going to take two of three from the Dodgers this weekend. Oh my God. Kyle yeah. Fre- Kyle Freeland and right? Walker later today. Was that Dude, supposed to be a Dodgers, hot take? The I think the Rockies taking two of three from the Dodgers is a slightly hot take. Not on this podcast, because yeah, you two are Rockies truthers. And I'm I guess now I'm becoming a Rockies truther, at least. You know what, you know what a I hot think, take might have been is like a sweep by net 30 runs. Then I then we're talking or something yeah. like that. We're talking about the freaking Rockies here, man. Who's just, your favorite Rocky arm? You know, Randall Gritchuk is one of my favorite new guys, but I'm a Brandon Rogers believer. I really am. I, you I know, am too. He, he's from from South South Florida area. Uh, I heard legends of him in high school and went early first round. Had a big YouTube account early on, so I remember following him early, early, early on. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to put it together this year. I'm I'm really excited about Rogers. That's a card actually. I'm scooping up. Interesting. Okay, I'm a Connor Joe guy. I I love Connor Joe. I think I he's like fun. Joe. He's got defensive versatility. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm a big Connor Joe guy. Uh, real quick, though, like actually, um, Red Sox, Yankees, Saturday's game is really interesting to me. I don't think Pavetta is going to repeat what he did last year. Peter, I think you do think that Pavetta is going to repeat what he did last year. And then this is figuring out who Luis Severino is in 2022. Yeah, it's, it's two guys who we don't know what we're going to get. But at least Severino's velocity looked great in spring training. The numbers weren't there. 
I'm interested to see if the Red Sox boat race him, but I, I just, I want to see that his arm is healthy. Cause that's the, always the big thing with Severino. Cause he's going to work his way into the rotation. Even a bad start is not putting me off of him, but Nick Pavetta is a guy who I thought really dominated throughout the playoffs. And I saw a lot of things that he then picked up his fastball velocity was up. His curveball looked unhittable. This is a different pitcher than when he was on the Phillies. I think he's going to perform well with the Red Sox this year. That's why I'm not as scared about the Red Sox rotation as you guys are, because I believe in how I believe in what Nick Pavetta has done. I think sales going to come back healthy when he comes back. It's going to be a while though. And then I, I, I really like Eovaldi. I don't think that the Red Sox are amazing, but I don't think the starting pitching will be as bad as some people say. I think Cease and Kopech have better starts than Giolito. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Tigers money line today against the White Sox. Yeah, I, like I think I think Cease is uh, wasn't Javi Reyes saying Cease is his AL Cy Young sleeper. Ooh, I like that. I like that from Javi. Gonna strike out a billion guys. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm also that. really excited to see Scherzer face the Nationals in a, in a Mets uniform back at home. That's today on Apple TV Plus. Make sure you go get Apple P- Apple TV Plus, everybody. Um, okay, I I think we're good, right, Pete? You got to go watch Yankees Red Sox right now. Also, we got to do loop. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. No. So first and foremost, wanted to give a congratulations to our friends at Loop. They had the biggest day uh, that they've had in, I think, ever. I think it was their biggest day ever in sales with MLB events. It, it was crazy. And uh, Chris from Loop sent me some of the biggest hits they had. Somebody pulled, we we're talking about Tyler Molly. Somebody pulled a one of one Tyler Molly. Autograph. How much is that worth? I have no idea. Like, so that's the cool thing is David did a bunch of live breaks on the events for opening day and tell me which one you would prefer out of these. I, I want you to chime in on this too. Cause we don't know the values on any of these. Cause they're so rare. These are so, two of the best pulls I saw from yesterday that Chris sent over to me, Tyler Malley, one of one or a patch autograph, Joe Adele five out of five. So the Malley's autographed, but the Joe Adele is out of five patch and autograph. That's a Panini flawless. So they had some heater pulls yesterday. And then I know which one you're going to pick now that I just saw the third one that Chris sent me. That was an insane pull by somebody. Tops, Jordan Alvarez, rookie card autographed out of 50. Somebody Whoa. pulled that yesterday. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I have no reaction to that. It's just great. For like, explain uh, for the loop app. So you join, you can join any of these box breaks. You pay to be in the box break and then they break it kind of live on Twitch. So you can go into a bunch of different ones and then they'll send you the card because as a, as a new card person, I still need to figure out how this all goes. Yeah. So literally you can choose. So each of these cards were in it when a different set. And that was the other thing too. I wanted to talk about it. Like what, what I'm going to be going on. Uh, loop for to, to try to buy because there's a really awesome release calendar which we just put out an article on on just baseball.com with like the releases to look out for and like what you can hunt in each of those product releases because i know it's super overwhelming but you can see all the different product uh that each seller has on the loop app so like the jordan alvarez was out of a regular tops 2021 and you're able to just go after those and, and try to get some of those rookies then you have Tyler Malley autograph one of one, which came out of like a totally different set. I think it was Allen and Jinter. So like, there's so many different sets that you can mess around with, but you buy it on there and they ship it straight to your door. It's that easy. So you buy the spot in the break and then they, they break it for you and they ship it straight to your door. So it's that easy. Jordan Alvarez out of 50. If you pulled that, 
you, know, you bought the spot on the loop app, presumably, you know, you broke a, a pack for probably 30 bucks. You pull that. Are you selling that or are you holding that? Holding it. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that think the way Peter does, where he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I think that you could get a lot of money there. It d- depends. So, like, minor league broadcaster, podcaster, I am financially stressed. <laughs> I would sell it. <laughs> um well that's the other cool thing about about the app too so there's a bunch of different product out there and when i have a a little bit extra coin i go after bowman uh and like that's the most expensive cards you can pull and understandably so if you're buying a a pack of bowman cards on loop it's going to be a little bit more expensive depending on the seller but the 2021 tops is a lot cheaper obviously less chance of getting a valuable card but if you're really just itching to rip something and get something like that's the way to do it Somebody ripped a Chrome update mega box yesterday and they got a Luis Patino autograph one of one. Whoa. So you never know. So if, you, if you're feeling like you want to just have a little fun with it and don't want to drop a ton of money, like there's options for that on loop as well. And they have a bunch of different events and things like that as well, where uh, you can get in for some awesome giveaways and we'll be doing stuff with them moving forward too, uh, which I'm very excited about, but I am definitely going to be going after some of the tops rookie stuff. Uh, yeah, and Bowman comes out with a sick flagship release in three weeks, two weeks now uh, with some insane prospects as well. You sold me. Is there any events this weekend? Because I am in the mood to dabble in the card market a little bit. So they, they've got their baseball sellers. I, the baseball sellers are out right now like if you go on the app there is probably 13 different like live streams right now of different baseball sellers so i know they've got is as busy and packed of a marketplace in terms of like active sellers right now as you're going to see and a ton scheduled for later today so you can kind of browse around and see sometimes i just go in there and watch and like see some dude come in and buy a super expensive pack and i'm like oh let's see what he does because you could just sit in there in the streams and, and chat in the channel so yeah, I'm excited to, to buy some stuff on there. We will be talking about our hits on here next week, uh, as long as well as some of the other things to look forward to. Uh, but look out for Bowman Baseball flagship April 27th. That checklist is insane. George Valera is on it, Jack. Uh, Vinny Pascantino is on it. Jacenti Noel is on it for my prospect peeps. Uh, Curtis Mead. It is a sick, sick list. So when that comes out, I will be living on the loop app. I just saw Vinny this week. Yeah. How did you? Oh, wait, can we, can we wrap up also with Jack's first game? Oh yeah. That was fun. Nick up Prado. For my friend Jack called Nick Prado's first home run of the season for the was, Omaha storm chasers. What a beast call. What a natural. It was a Yo, tank, so dude. it was like four thirty five dead center. It kind of sucks that it was a team that you can't get too amped for, but I thought you towed the line perfectly. And and guess what? Yeah. If if you want to see the clip we're talking about, we have it on our social media, but it's also on MLB pipelines, uh, Twitter, because they tweeted the clip. They obviously didn't say Jack McMullen calls Nick Prado's home run, but if you click Nick Prado's home run, you will hear Jack McMullen's voice. Uh, I thought it was the perfect amount of excited because it's Nick Prado hitting a three round shot, but not too excited because you're an Indianapolis Indians broadcaster. You can't get too amped but I know you were probably pretty amped inside to just see Nick Prado go yard. But Jack, our guy, Jack is one step away from the big leagues and triple a calling games. I mean, pretty freaking awesome. Come on, man. Don't be a pansy. Tell me what I did poorly. What did you do poorly? Um, yeah. Could have taken you a did not mention pause. You didn't mention you did not. You said number three prospect, 
when when Prado homered, which you know he yeah. is our number three. You didn't say just baseball's number three pro- prospects. No, well, you so hate, you hate our company. This, the baseline is pipeline. Like oh, that's, that's kind of the industry norm. I've never even heard of them before. MLB pipeline. Yeah, I've heard. Of them <laughs> are you that. saying their rankings are better than ours? No, I'm saying that's the industry standard. Oh, and, and so we just abide by social norms. They don't uh, have no, a better TikTok I don't. than us. I work against the grain. Yeah, they what does MLB Pipeline's TikTok. TikTok look like, huh? Yeah. I don't know. What do their Instagram graphics look like? Okay, pretty good, listen, actually. They're they actually really, they're really yeah, they are pretty good. good. <laughs> they're pretty clean. <laughs> they're fire. What's their site look like? Oh, it's the most interactive, incredible site ever. It's Shit. phenomenal. <laughs> All right, yeah. Use MLB Pipeline, but everybody listening, you know where to go for your rankings. Oh, you know where to go. Listen, I know where to go. And you know where to go to get your Just Baseball merch. Check it out in the episode description. The link is in there. Also, the link to download the Loop app will also be in the episode description. Go check us out on TikTok and on Instagram at Just Baseball Fans. Twitter at Just BB Media. That's all we got for you tonight or today, whatever it is. It will be tonight when baseball is being watched. And that's what my mind is. My mind is on Yankees, Red Sox. Have a good weekend, everybody. Anything else before we go? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Thank you, everybody.